Welcome to day 270 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with uh, Katie and Matt as uh, we continue to read through Prophet Ezekiel. Uh, right in the middle of Ezekiel, here in chapter 16, we have a extended metaphor. Um, it was much like, uh, you know, the call of Hosea, you know, to marry an unfaithful wife. Here we see God complaining that Jerusalem has been an unfaithful wife. He traces her heritage back to the very people, you know, that God displaced before them. You know, the Hittites and the Amorites who have gone before, and he says he's more a reflection of who they were than who he is. And the language has been very graphic. It's been very hard for us to hear. And if you thought the language yesterday was strong, the language today will be just a bit stronger or maybe a whole lot stronger. It's probably not a podcast you're going to want to listen to, you know, with kids in the car. And as we're, you know, shocked by the language, uh, it reminds us how deeply shocking our sin would be if we could see it, you know, the way that God sees it. And so we get a very emotional you know, reaction from our God to our sin and to our idolatries and, and what it looks like and feels like to him, even though he's a sovereign God, you know, untouched, you know, by the whims of our attitudes. He is one who is deeply attached to us in heart and, and, and emotion. And, and so you begin you know, to see that here in this passage. So we pick up in Ezekiel chapter 16, which is one of the longer chapters in Ezekiel, and one of the more graphic extended metaphors we find in all the prophets. So we pick up in verse 23. Before we read, we realize that even when we read hard words, we are reading God's word, and that God's word is always tenderly given to us, you know, so that we see and know him and, and respond rightly to him. And our affections are turned, you know, not away from him and the good gifts that he has given us, but toward him. So as we read, we, we read in a deeply personal way to know God, to hear from God, and to be moved in, in heart and mind uh, to be his people. So before we read, Katie, mind lifting us up with a word of prayer. Well, let's pray. Father, um, these can be hard words to read and hard words to hear. Um, and I can't just, I, I can't help but think um, of Peter's reaction to Jesus when he says, you know, these are hard words, but where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life and you, you are, you are our God and you are our father. Would you help us when we come across um, hard passages? Um, help us to, to trust in your heart toward us and to see our sin rightly and um, to see that you love us so much that you have pursued us even in our sin um, by the blood of Christ. So thank you for that gift. Um, would you, Holy Spirit, just um, reveal our hearts to us as you um, just help us to interpret your word. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And again, the reading we're giving you is a little different than is in the app or on our reading list. Uh, this is a, a reading that uh, breaks with the more natural flow of the text. So we'll be picking up in uh, verse you know, 23 of Ezekiel 16. Woe, woe to you, declares the sovereign Lord. In addition to all your other wickedness, you built a mound for yourself and made a lofty shrine in every public square. 
At every street corner, you built your lofty shrines and you degraded your beauty, spreading your legs and increasing your promiscuity to anyone who passed by. You engaged in prostitution with the Egyptians, your neighbors with large genitals and aroused my anger with your increasing promiscuity. So I stretched out my hand against you and reduced your territory. I gave you over to the greed of your enemies, the daughters of the Philistines, who were shocked by your lewd conduct. You engaged in prostitution with the Assyrians, too, because you were insatiable, and even after that, you still were not satisfied. Then you increased your promiscuity to include the Babylonians, a land of merchants, but even with this, you were not satisfied. I'm filled with fury against you, declares the Sovereign Lord, when you do all of these things, acting like a brazen prostitute. When you built your mounds at every street corner and made your lofty shrines in every public square, you were unlike a prostitute because you scorned payment. You adulterous wife, you prefer strangers to your own husband. All prostitutes receive gifts, but you give gifts to all your lovers, bribing them to come to you from wherever you're at, from everywhere for your illicit favors. So in your prostitution, you're the opposite of the others. No one runs after you for your favors. You're the very opposite. You give payment and none is given to you. Therefore, you prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, because you poured out your lust and exposed your naked body and your promiscuity with your lovers, and because of all your detestable idols, and because you gave them your children's blood. Therefore, I'm going to gather all your lovers with whom you found pleasure, those you loved as well as those you hated. I will gather them against you from all around, and I will strip you in front of them, and they will see see you stark naked." I will sentence you to the punishment of women who commit adultery and who shed blood. I'll bring on you the blood of vengeance of my wrath and jealous anger. Then I'll deliver into your own hands you into the hands of your lover, and they will tear down your mounds and destroy your lofty shrines. They will strip you of your clothes and take your fine jewelry and leave you stark naked. They'll bring a mob against you who will stone you and back you into pieces and hack you into pieces with their swords. They'll burn down your houses and inflict punishment on you in the sight of many women. I'll put a stop to your prostitution, and you will no longer pay your lovers. Then my wrath against you will subside, and my jealous anger will turn away from you. I'll be calm and no longer angry. Because you did not remember the days of your youth, but enraged me with all these things, I will surely bring down on your heads what you have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. Did you not add lewdness to all your other detestable practices? Obviously, you know, uh, God is using an image here, and Ezekiel is using an image here of, you know, idolatry. And uh, idolatry, you know, you probably to the ones who were committing, it seemed like it was not that big a deal. And, and our sins, of course, when we were committing them, seemed not like they're not like that big a deal. Um, but they are, in the end, unfaithfulness to a God who deeply loves us, who's rescued us, who has adorned us with his incredible gifts. And we often uh, turn away from him and use the very gifts he has given uh, to deny him. And so you see very strong, very graphic language, and it is meant to be a gut punch. It's meant to you know, kind of wake us up you know, to the gravity of our sin, and not only to the gravity of our sin, but to the depth of the love that God has had for us to make us you know, His own in spite of who we are and where we've come from. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm sure y'all have talked about it in these last couple of days, but I mean, it's just such a picture of the, the jealousy of God and how that can be an attribute of God that we don't often um, 
we're not often attracted to, maybe one that we, um, that we don't really fully understand. But I feel like this paints a picture that helps us see why we want a jealous God. We, we want a God who is going to fight for his bride. And, um, and it, what's sad, what's just so sad about this is not only have his people taken his gifts and use them to offer them as, as, um, offerings to other gods, but they, but they have, they have offered themselves without payment is what he's saying. So like as prostitutes without even, it's really, they're just asking to be able to do these terrible, detestable things for other gods and the other nations. And that's just like one step further than you could even imagine them doing. Um, and so that's just, it's awful to hear those things. Um, but, but it makes me so glad that we have a jealous God that would, yes, seek judgment. But also he says, you know, at the end, after all this, like I will turn toward you, my anger will cease. Um, So yeah, that's, those are my initial thoughts. No, I mean, jealousy can obviously be a very unhealthy emotion, but it can also be a very healthy emotion that when you, you know, for the one you love and for, you know, maybe your children, you desire the very best and you hate, anything that would rob them of that and destroy in them. And so there's a lot of things that can take away their innocence. There's a lot of things you know that can uh, rob them of the joy of childhood. And all of these things are horrors to us. And and we would act with this kind of decisiveness in, you know, in, in those cases. And it is good, Katie, as you've said, to know that God uh, loves us and is fighting for us you know, to this extent when he could easily you know, be indifferent. But oh well, mm-hmm. you know, you guys do you. Uh, but instead, he pursues us in his covenant love. And even though these images are visceral, you know, they do bring us into a realization of, you know, what we really have done when we, we when we are idolatrous. We, uh, you know, we have uh, prostituted ourselves to the things of this world that God would freely give us. Uh, and uh, we've replaced him with, you know, his good gifts. Yeah. You know, this is striking, especially when we think about the vocation of Israel, that God plants them, you know, in the land and says that you're to be a light to the nations and a blessing to those around you. And you know, gives them the commandments and we know the Ten Commandments, but, you know, don't worship other gods, don't make for yourself idols. And and we've seen just how far Israel has fallen. Not only are they failing in that vocation to be a, bl- a light and blessing to the nations, but they're worshiping other gods. They're, they're so far from the heart of the God. And even here, I mean, one woe is enough. You don't want a double woe, you know, but then secondly, it says, and the Philistines were shocked by your lewd conduct. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, <laughs> you've fallen so far that the other nations who are pretty wicked look at you and say, oh, can you imagine doing the things that they're doing? Mm-hmm. And so, just to see how mm-hmm. far Israel has fallen from the, the, the kind of the, the heart of what God had called them to be. Yeah, well, we're saying to each other, surely our sin is not all that bad. The nations around us are saying, my goodness, we wouldn't even do, you know, what you're doing. And, of course, that is the picture, you know, that Ezekiel is painting or God is painting, you know, through the prophet Ezekiel that you've you've gone further. And we'll see that, you know, even tomorrow, you know, when we finish, you know, in chapter 16, you've gone further than everyone has gone, you know, before you. In the same way I've supplanted the nations before you, you've risen, you know, to the peak of idolatry.
idolatry that they had before you. You're doing the very same things. You're offering your kids. You're offering, you know, the goods that I have blessed you with, you know, in worship to them at the shrines. And it really is a, you know, a stark, you know, picture. It, I know we're running out of time, but it reminds me of, um, there's a parable, right, of um, a, a person sweeping out their house and cleaning out their house. And um, isn't it like the demon leaves, but then they don't replace um, the demon with like the Holy Spirit. I'm getting this kind of mixed up. So please. You're interpreting. <laughs> there, there okay. Is, yes. Yeah. And you just picture so, an interpretation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let me just think about the interpretation. Like the demon leaves the person, but then brings back a whole group because they haven't replaced the demon with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just thinking about how that's probably what a lot of their repentance looked like. It looked like they were repenting because of the consequence of their sin instead of repenting um, because of the, the, the depth of their sin and because of the, of the relationship between them and the Lord. So it seems like they just kept falling further and further into their sin because there wasn't true repentance happening by the people. Oh, and the leaders. Yeah, and, and of course, the only place where your analogy breaks down, or at least uh, the only place we'll talk about where your analogy breaks down, is that there's not even repentance. You know, the, right. this is not a people that are wanting to you know, right. sweep the house clean and start over. Uh, they are a people who are becoming increasingly possessed by the things of this world and by the evils of, of society around them. And they are seven times more guilty than their neighbors because they have all people should have known. Mm-hmm. And and should have you know should have you know, embraced and embraced it. and it is a tragic story that somehow sometimes our sins are even worse than those around us because of who we are and because of the affront our sins are you know to the name and the reputation and the glory of our God who redeemed mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Matt, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word and um, in all its fullness the. The sharp and strong pictures that we receive here remind us of um, just how wicked and, and gross our our own idolatry is, and, and so Father, we um, confess to you um, not just the consequence. We don't just repent of the consequences of our sin, but we confess our sin to you and repent of it for for the sin itself. Uh, Father, we thank you for the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. Would we uh, revel in in that today and um, and turn from from our sin and from our idols back to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.